Welcome to the Inner Huddle, a youth football development podcast for parents, coaches, and managers of young aspiring footballers. Your hosts from Pezza Street Soccer are Pez and Jeff. This is our Inner Huddle Girls Women's Football Special. How you doing, Jeff? You feeling Christmassy? Yeah, I love Christmas, mate. Yeah, I'm probably stuck in the room with the two biggest Grinches that I, <laughs> I possibly know, but, right. but it's not rubbing off for me. I love Christmas. I'm sure our one or two listeners that we do get out there love Christmas too. So there you go. Right. We are up to question number nine of our Girls and Women's special. I'll read this one as I have it right in front of me. Which players would you recommend young girls to look at as mentors? Now, I asked my friend Kelly Warren at Southampton Women's Football Club and she gave me Steph Horton from Man City and England, captain of both, I believe. Frank Kirby, Chelsea in England, and the current PFA Player of the Year. And Lucy Bronze, again of England, and Olympic Lyonnaise. Um, can you add anyone else into this? They were the three I were going to pick. Really? Oh, so that probably says it all then, does it? Jeff, yeah. who were you going to pick? Yeah, same for it. Yeah, of yeah. course it was. To, yeah. be, to be honest, I, I think all female footballers are, are potential for good role models. Uh, you don't see any of them falling out of nightclubs like you do the some of the men or portraying themselves poorly in social media or in the newspapers and things like that. Do you think that's because they've got a lot more to prove still? Even in nowadays, they still feel they've got enough, they need to prove themselves as a, a, a serious player. So therefore, if they did everything the same as the lads did, like going out and getting drunk, and then it just makes Possibly. them look even worse. It might even mean a bit more to them. Yeah. The amount that they've had to go through and all the obstacles and hurdles and prejudices and yeah. everything else that's been thrown at them all the way, they're probably really strong-minded, tough, if you like, an inner strength and a belief in themselves to get to that level. They might be that sort of characters that, that make it through the, the obstacles course of, of of making it to the top it's well done ladies gives them a better character yeah who knows perhaps we can do another show at some point and and maybe get kelly in from southampton and others what do you reckon jeff yeah sounds like a good idea i actually i'd heard of all these players as well and if i've heard of them all then they must be quite famous um and i wikipedia them today and then got onto youtube and actually some of the goals and Steph Horton, free kick specialist, by the way. Um, unbelievable. So if you get a chance, have a look at Steph Horton, Frank Kirby. Not bad for a centre-half. Lucy Bonds. Yeah, she's a big <laughs> centre-half, isn't she? Yeah. You know, looks like a head-it-kick-it type, but it's got um, an absolutely sweet free kick. Um, Frank Kirby, I watched a, it's about a 10-minute video of her today of how she overcame her sort of mental health problems following on from her mother's death about 10 years ago now um, which was very interesting hence why i was about five minutes late actually because <laughs> i was watching that yeah very um very interesting jeff yes <laughs> jeffrey i love you i do love you right question number 10 jeff you can read this one out question number 10 why are there not more opportunities for girls to play football personally i believe there are opportunities for girls to play football um, whether or, or futsal, whether they choose to go and train with you guys at Pezzas and things like that, I, th- I think where opportunities are much more reduced is when it comes to playing competitively, yeah. playing league football. Maybe that's down to the amount of girls that do want to play currently, or have found opportunities to play rather. Um, but perhaps some still don't know how to get into it. There are other startup groups and things like that. I think it, there are a lot more opportunities at a younger age, definitely. You know, yeah. so you can go in and play mixed it's football. A lot more initiatives, just, aren't there? A- absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, when it gets to that competitive side, I guess having enough players to field a team and yeah. finding other teams to play against, you know, takes time Absolutely. all these initiatives to filter through. I've written here that there are initiatives and we're going to talk about some in a minute and it is a case of as a parent researching and working out where and what's available and what's best for your child yeah. it is more difficult I suppose if you've got a young boy you just type in football, football for in boys or in Andover or something and yeah, loads come go. up girls I'm hoping footy for girls would come up now pretty much oh, hopefully so yeah it. yeah definitely have you ever googled it what footy for girls I'm yeah. going to do it right girls now see, and see if it comes up that'd be quite interesting and if not try and work out you can get that top because it's very important as the footy for girls brand that, that is just the, the girls section of Andover New Street um, yeah. we, myself and my daughter started that in 2012 again just a, just as a bit of an identity for the girls football yeah. rather than just being Andover New Street or FC Salisbury United or whatever many other grassroots clubs available yeah just, just to give the girls an identity and it, it seemed to have worked. Yeah. You know, but our league, we play in the Hampshire County Girls Youth Football League as the Andover New Street Girls. And are there any local teams to Andover that also play in that? Um, Shooters have a team. Yeah, they, they have one team. Whitchurch. Okay. They have a couple of teams travelling this way to Sal- uh, Salisbury area. I think Downton have an under-15s girls team. Laverstock are involved. We're going to mention those a little bit yeah, later. Yeah, I believe you said they have some young, younger it, players yeah. in training. But again, it's finding enough, isn't it, to field a team and finding Absolutely, enough teams yeah. that want to form a league. Yeah, it's a but tough it's, nut to crack, but a rewarding one. Yeah, yeah, but like you say, in the younger age, I mean, we'll go straight on to question number 11 now, which is what opportunities are there and where should parents look to get their child involved? And I've just written a few bullet points here. You've got the S. SE Wildcats. Yeah, that was a new initiative started a few years ago. Obviously, look on the FA website, which is all I did this morning. FA Full Time, just typed in the word women's and it came up with the Hampshire and the Wiltshire leagues and stuff. Facebook, I've printed out somewhere. I'll try and find it. Something that I found earlier. So we've got, uh, oh, the next one was She Can Play website. That was very informative. Got a bit here about the SSE Wildcats. So let's let's go start with those, shall we? There's over 880 Wildcat centres that now provide football opportunities for 5 to 11-year-olds across the country. So yeah, it's that age, younger age group that there seems to be a lot of initiatives for, but it's the competitive stuff afterwards, isn't it, that might be the problem. The initiative offers organised sessions in a fun, engaged environment created exclusively for girls. Um, Wildcats girls football sessions take place on a weekly basis, either after school or at weekends, and provide a safe environment where girls can try football for the first time. And to find out where your nearest Wildcats session is, is get on the get on Google and just Google it and you'll, yeah. you'll come up. I did it this morning. There's one in Whirlwell with my old friend Jason Holmes. That's local. Laverstock with Karen Musselwhite. Salisbury Rovers do one, which is Debbie Sayers. What I would say that, not you know, particularly in our area, but anywhere, I would try and look for centres that already had a strong association with girls' football beforehand. Yeah, it's not always the case, and we talked about this on a podcast once before. But I always think if you're into, if you're passionate about girls' football, you would have been doing it anyway yeah. before the initiative and the funding and all Absolutely. that kind of stuff, and was a tick in the box. Don't go to one that's a tick in the box for someone mm-hmm. who wants a charter standard or for whatever other reasons, Jeff. Yeah. Go to ones that were interested in girls' football previously. That'll be my ten pennies worth for those anyway. That's just because that'll be the people that are passionate about girls' football and yeah. what you'd hope are the experts in, in their field. Yeah, it's great that they're starting these things up all over the place, but you want it to be run by someone who cares. got experience yeah. and cares and is passionate about women's football, mm-hmm. not just thinking, oh, an AGM, we need to start girls' football for our charter standard, or oh, we'll run a Wildcats, or we get some funding in for that, which pays for this. And Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. I think, it, as with anything, has to be honest reasons behind it. Just my thoughts on it, as always. Probably get shot down with that one. But I've had this in from Karen Musselwhite, who does the Wildcats in Laverstock, 
But she says at Laverstock they do coaching for girls aged between 5 and 16 years. On a Tuesday between 5.15 and 6.15, they have mixed abilities. It's all about being coached in a girls-only environment. So if that's what you fancy and you live close to Laverstock, it might be the team for you. She said they hope to enter the Girls' Wilts Festival for under-10s, but unfortunately there are not many teams around and she's uh, working hard to find people to run a team. So it's the same old things that we've talked about, isn't it? And in the summer, they play against other teams like Weymouth and Swindon. So, Geoffrey, can you hit us with question number 12? I'll, I'll read it out. Then. Yeah, I thought you might, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for a football club for regular league football for my daughter around Salisbury has been tricky. Are clubs reluctant to take girls? Do clubs think girls need protecting, especially when playing mixed football? Do coaches treat girls and boys differently, e.g. in terms of intensity of training? So there's quite a few questions there. Is that there are quite four? a few questions there, aren't they? Shall we? Um, I know this person, actually, and I know the daughter, and she's involved with Pezzers um, and doing very, very well. So I'm hoping that she does get lots of opportunities to do stuff. Are clubs reluctant to take girls? I think some managers might be reluctant. Yes, I'm not going to lie. I, I, yeah, I believe some managers probably would be. I mean... Um not all managers are in it for the same reason, I don't believe. So to some, winning's more important than developing young yeah. people because that's what we're doing. Not just about the football, it's about the whole person. And if there was a young girl came along that was looking for football, I, I'm sure there are managers out there that would perhaps think, hmm, will yeah. I get Sorry, my we've got no space. Yeah, will I get my tin pot? Were you on board? Yeah, will it's I get that little bit of plastic on the shelf? That's right. Will my child that's in the same team, you know, not win loads of things this season because we're taking a girl? It must happen, I'm sure it does. And even on a subconscious level, people still might think it's a game for boys in, in what is still a male-dominated sport. So, unfortunately, yeah, I imagine some are, even though clubs are pretty much supposed to give everyone a chance, aren't they, Jeff? Yeah. But we can't sit on the fence and say, yeah, of course it's going to be all these opportunities. The individual manager for individual teams get quite protective of their yeah. teams, or can do, can't they? No, ab absolutely, yeah. I think in a nutshell, they're all just young people that would answer the question earlier. They're, they're all passionate about football. Yeah. You know, who are we to say you can't? They should all be given opportunities. But the flip side of that is there are people out there and there are clubs out there and there yeah, are exactly. age groups within clubs who will take them on and give you opportunities and embrace it and again yeah. if they're cutting it on the pitch they're enjoying it then all of that and like I said we had Casey in my team the last three years just becomes an, another player I, you don't even think that she's a girl yeah. you know and, it's, um, and she was doing incredible stuff and, and still is this season so fair play but yeah can't hide from the fact that I'm sure that when you're ringing around you know, try to find a club for your daughter that there is going to be some people who individual managers more than clubs yeah definitely might say oh no it's not for us thank you without even giving a chance but that's one of the hurdles you have to get over and keep trying I guess what was the next question in that there's quite a few questions within a question here do clubs think girls need protecting especially when playing mixed football <laughs> I write here they need protecting from idiots yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing they need protecting from but in terms of the football side of it then no they should be treated equally, which Absolutely. is the obvious thing to yeah. say, isn't it? But they also need to be made to feel very welcome by everyone. And a coach club should always keep an eye on this. So, yes, protected in terms of, OK, we've got a girl in the team. She might face different hurdles and barriers because she is the only girl in the team. So we need to keep an eye on that. And, yeah, protected in a positive way. Protected in a positive way, Sort of yeah. a detrimental way. But on the pitch and the football side of things, no, they don't need protecting. They're there, they want to play, they want to learn. and Another young footballer. Just another young footballer, absolutely. And was there a third part to that? 
Um, do you coach or treat girls and boys differently in terms of intensity of training? I don't think so. No. Don't think you're gonna. No, you, again, they're just individuals, you know, within a within a team, and you you set them challenges that are appropriate to their their abilities or, or what perhaps we feel as though those young people need at that moment. Yeah. You know, and they're, yeah, they're all challenged the same. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's no, no different more than others, whether you're a boy or a girl. Absolutely. I put. I think managers tend to be pretty straightforward with all children, rightly or wrongly. Most of them are happy if someone's contributing to the cause and, and helping you win games. I mean, it's yeah. pretty black and white, isn't it? So I'm not sure that really helps them with finding a team for their daughter in the Salisbury area. But well, there's look at the things we've done. There's obviously Laverstock now, isn't there? And we have uh, um, Andover New Street, the footy for girls. We, we've got several girls that come over from the Salisbury area. Uh, within all of our age groups, so you know, I know, I know it might be a distance, but if if there are a few of you coming over, carpool and things yeah. like that, there's always ways around these things. But there is football out there for for young girls that want to play. It just does take a little bit more research and a little bit more care and thought. It's really important that you do find a decent coach and club and manager, though, isn't it, for your daughter? Because you can pull oh, them yeah. off for life. So oh yeah, definitely. When I said earlier, just sort of dip your toe in and try it, might yeah. actually not be the best advice because it's that important. You want that first interaction with football to be a positive experience, so you probably do need to do your research a bit more. Good luck with that, and if we can help with anything, get in touch. Happy, Jeffrey? Yeah, well answered, boys. Because as long as you're happy, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> uh, We've had uh, another text message come through. Okay, let's have, um, that let's have a little look. How can I help my child develop her skills and confidence? Um, and also, the same person has said, my daughter plays on a boys' team. When should she go? When should she move to a girls' team? Um, I think we kind of answered that one earlier. Yeah. But she shouldn't if she's happy where she yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely. There's no need. It's not. I think some people say questions like that, thinking, "When do I need to move her into the, an environment that's going to help her excel to maybe make it or whatever?" But then I don't think you need to move them to. I think that's one of the big differences. You just touched on that um, be- between girls and boys football. I, I, when I said I was coming to see you guys, I'd, I'd ask my parents for a little bit of information or some questions that we might yep. be able to answer. And most of them came back with a similar theme in that when mum or dad takes their daughter to football, they go there, they stand, they watch, they enjoy. When mum or dad, again, this is not everybody. I think I know what he's going to say. But mum or dad takes little Johnny to football. Apologies that the daughter didn't have a name. Um, (laughs) Takes the son to football. Automatically, they think they're the next Cristiano Ronaldo and they want more, more, more. And they're shouting and bawling and trying to give advice and things like that. When more often than not, it, it's more of a hindrance than a help. Um, so, so girls come to football just to go and play football and learn. The whole and develop experience and get is enjoyed better. by everyone. Absolutely, there's a lot more empathy around girls football, I, I think, as well. Um, but yeah, mums and dads seem to think they're little soldiers going to be the next Cristiano Ronaldo. Sorry, Luka Modric. Oh yes, the new, the Ballon, new Ballon d'Or. Right, and we should talk about Ada Hagerberg, who was the first female winner of the Ballon d'Or last night. I'm going to throw you on the spot here, Jeffrey, but there was an unfortunate incident in the presentation, wasn't there? She, she made the news today, didn't it? Yeah, she was kind of outrageously asked if she could twerk <laughs> yeah, after winning. Quite a presenter, wasn't it? Best player in the world. Yeah. Um, oh, well, um, congratulations to her anyway. It's, it's made quite a few news headlines today, so it's uh, any news be good news surely but it's not what dj martin solveig would want to be remembered for no it, probably not no but anyway fantastic that they're doing it isn't it simon alongside the men absolutely i, I didn't realize that had happened until you you guys said this morning it 
Shocking, really. Well, I'd like to say yeah. we had our finger on the pulse, but we both heard it on the radio on the way in, didn't yeah. we, Jeff? We're like, oh, oh wow, <laughs> how weird's that that we're on our way to do this show and then and then that's come up in the news. So, But anyway, fantastic. And Luca Modric walked away with the male one, didn't he? Yeah. First time since it's 2007 that Messi and Ronaldo have won it. Yeah, has it been, so. it's been over 10 years that it's just been those two, hasn't it? Yeah, incredible stuff. Right, what number are we up to here? Right, oh, this is the most difficult one of all, I think. Although you have said that it's quite a simple process. Absolutely, I it heard, is. Heard yep. this one. Right, Donna, do you want to read this one out? Yeah, sure. It's number 13, right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, what is a pathway for talented girls? What are the routes into top level girls' football? It's not well publicised or broadcast. Right, well, I've printed out the FA Girls England Talent Pathway here three times. We can all have a copy. Look at that. Yeah, so at the bottom of this, we have community football, grassroots, schools football. Then the level above that is FA Girls Regional Talent Clubs, tiers one, two and three. And that's what I presume Southampton Football Club is with Evie, Jeff. Yeah, would be one so. of those. And then alongside that sits the FA Girls Advanced Coaching Centres. Then you above that, you have the FA Girls Regional Development Programmes. Then above that, it's the FA Girls National Performance Camp, which is up to under 14s, or just under 14s, I believe. Then above that, you get into England, then under 15s, 16s, 17s, 18s, 19s, and 20s. And above that sits, obviously, the England Women Senior Team. And I've printed out all the info about it, but maybe you could shed some light on some of it first, Simon. You've pretty much answered how it all works there, and it is a lot less complex than the the boys uh, talent pathway so for girls that are talented we we had a a girl that played within my daughter's team within tears team uh, called kate wiseman who's now in england under 19 uh, she's at the university of north alabama doing a football scholarship as okay, well fantastic so getting her air miles up there uh, but yeah she she played with us for a few years up until I think under 13s, then she went to what was Hampshire Centre of Excellence, which I believe is now called Southampton RTC. Southampton. Yeah, Regional Talent Club, yeah. Yeah, and then from there, yeah, straight into pro clubs really. So you'd go into the, the pro clubs as a, a youngster, sort of 14, 15, 16 years old, and then the, the pathway that then take you through to their development squad and then potentially to the first team, so the local club to us, so either Southampton or Reading are doing quite well in the women's yeah we've got a question league. about local clubs coming up on that as well so we can do something on those in a bit so basically in a nutshell yeah it's kind of a two or three step process whereas as you know in boys football you you get told you go into a development center to an rtc to this to that then you to a shadow squad shadow shadow squad, shadow squad shadow, yeah to def- a development center an id camp to yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just confusing and you know and de- then you've got definitely. the foundations who make out that they're linked to clubs and actually they're just a foundation but you get to wear the badge and it is a minefield absolutely so would you say the pathway not simpler because you still have to put in the work to get good and train it's less complex less complex for those that are talented and gifted within the girls game it's less complex and do you think it's easy to get spotted because there's not that many and you might stand out um, if you're to, to get spotted as they say that's um, what they say the famous m- words most, most how do I get these, spotted most of these RTCs and player development centres and things centre of excellence is all uh, banded up on the sort of they all, they all stand, stand side by side rather than okay. are separate as in boys football so most of them if not all of them run open trials over the summer Again, if you look through your county FA. Yeah, well, I found this great document today, which the FA Girls England Talent Pathway, just from quite a quick Google search on, on, and then on the FA's website. So 
if you have a talented girl or just interested then get on the FA website and you'll find that document which is all I've done and it's it's quite clear and concise so good luck with that shall we move on Definitely. it's a good job you're here you see we picked the right guest didn't we right do you know what it's your fault because you said talk slowly <laughs> <laughs> so I was waffling because we've still got 15 it's minutes left slowly not inaccurately yeah true I could have got the facts right <laughs> done it slowly right anyway before this turns into our normal show right question number 14 what clubs are the biggest locally and we'll try and be factually accurate I put here Southampton women play in the National Women's League Division 1 Southwest, which is my friend Kelly Warren's team so give her a bit of a plug home games are at Bratfield and Langley on Sundays at 2pm she said everyone's well Welcome, come and show us your support. Um, she's going to hate me for this, but I have to be a bit impartial and say Portsmouth FC women play in the Southern Premier as well. There's those, and I put in the Women's Super League, we have Brighton, Yeovil, Reading and Bristol. What about grassroots level? Grassroots locally, up Andover New Street, 34 girls. Yeah. Uh, we, we're currently operating four teams, under 9s, under 11s, under 12s and under 13s. Salisbury Way, as I mentioned earlier, Downton have an under 15 girls team, I believe. And we talk about ladies football you mentioned Laverstock yeah a fantastic job uh, with ladies football there and within within Hampshire I think Winchester City Flyers are, right, are, okay. are probably flying the flag for, for what they do in women and girls football they've, they've got upwards of 30 teams at youth level so yeah they're, they're Melksham I think's not too far away I think they've got quite a big Melksham have they yeah got the Wiltshire County Women's and Girls League um, who have a Facebook page as well to be under 10s under 12s under 13s under 14s and under 16 leagues in Wiltshire and I've just printed out one which is division one which Melksham Town are top of and there's Salisbury FC women are in there Swindon Crowbridge Froome Warminster so that kind of area yeah um, Swindon Spitfires they run a, a, a good setup they run a fantastic tournament over the summer which has hundreds of teams coming from all over the place we've been over there a couple of times and played teams from us a team came over from Cardiff Okay. Uh, to play and there were teams from down in Cornwall uh, came to play also so yeah but if there is a good festival for it then it's going to attract yeah, from far and wide isn't it? It, don't they? great right we've only got one question left on here we're not doing too bad for time question number 15 what are the biggest challenges within girls football probably one for you again Simon really which is your uh you're right in the thick of it. Biggest challenges. It's quite a re- wide re- question, isn't it? Yeah, I, I guess recruitment is probably the biggest challenge. Recruitment and retention. Getting the players in in the first instance and perhaps one or two talented players move to an RTC or a, a centre of excellence, which then means keeping hold of the remaining players is going to be difficult. If you're playing at 11 aside and you've only got 12 registered, two of them yeah. leave takes you down to 10 uh, we've experienced that ourselves um, can't just pluck a, a girl that's passionate about football at that age you can can't, you no it's not you as know. easy as boys football I mean again in boys football you, you lose those two players and you, your homework for this week lads is get your mates along on Thursday kind of thing I so see that being a, a big challenge recruitment and retention definitely um, support support isn't always as forthcoming as it could be in boys football as well coaches, parents, volunteers or parental variant volunteers on board I, I've found can be a struggle at times can be in boys football as well can't it? Well, oh yeah, definitely but, but yeah there's lots of challenges and we'll talk about a few more Jeff, yeah, we're on our last question which is question number 15, what are the biggest challenges within girls football, which we've already uh, given some answers to but the thing that I wrote down and I wrote it down during this one actually because it occurred to me from chatting with you guys 
one of the biggest challenges must be mixed ability groups and meeting all their individual needs. So yeah. if there's not a massive pool of players, you could have nine in your squad, 10, 11, depending on what side you're playing. And you might have one who's really talented and you know, you've know got high hopes of going somewhere, playing with ones that are just starting out for that first season. And then you have to pitch training and the intensity and the drills for everyone. And that must be a challenge. Yeah, definitely. That, that, that can be a challenge. It's an enjoyable challenge. Um, it, it's nice to see. You don't always get it right as a coach, and I, I think that's part and parcel of what being a coach yeah, is. Yeah, that's how you grow you know, and learn and develop. When, when, you, when you're able to challenge all of your players during a session and you, you see the, the, the ones that are new to the game, you know, smiling from ear to ear because they, you know, they, they've had a good session and equally the, the ones that are striving ahead a little bit, equally coming off smiling from ear to ear, you know, having had a, a, a good session, it, yeah, it's, it's rewarding, you know, seeing, seeing those things. But yes, it, it can be a challenge. Yeah, like you say, you that's know, all part of it and what you've signed up for and the enjoyable side, really. That's right. Seeing how the, these talented girls can grow. And of course, breaking down the barriers I've put, you know, I've put here, I think children are pretty acceptant but there's a long way to go with parents, coaches, and even teachers. Yeah. Of, I did a bit of research, obviously, for this show, and there's still teachers that won't allow girls to play football with the boys, and they have you know, two well, separate... Girls' football's not even on the, the school's curriculum, is it? Yeah, on I the think national there's, curriculum. There's, there's a lot of articles I found on it, and I think they're, they're starting to change a little bit, so yeah, that's good. Some, some challenge. That, is that, that mainly, though, because of parents doing the whole, oh, my daughter got hurt while playing mixed football, and I'm going to sue you, school, so they've got I guess to keep playing some of that, yeah. Um, I, but I guess, as with anything, there'll be stuff like that to overcome to start with and then there'll be anger towards it and then it'll be accepted as the norm just like anything else that changes in life I guess I'd like to thank everyone for their input and I'd especially like to thank Nikki McDonald Kelly Warren Karen Mosawai Emma Delaney and Emily Griffiths for all your contributions to that and of course you Geoffrey uh-huh. <laughs> In a Huddle from Peza Street Soccer